everybody. We are live. This is your host, Robert Keynes of GoldSilverPros.com. You're at Cowboy Meadows Live, where we broadcast from the great state of Texas, 5.30 p.m. Central Time, every Tuesday evening. And we tell it like it is. We take no BS. Welcome, everybody, into the program. Glad to see you here. I'm going to do a real quick sound check, make sure everything's good. Sound sounds good. Awesome. We have a poll up in the chat. It is, is JP Morgan guilty of fraud crimes in the PM derivative markets? The answers are yes, of course they are. No, I'm still skeptical of all this. And another yes answer, and by how many trillions are they guilty of it? Vote in the poll, please. Welcome everybody into the program. Glad everybody's here. Remember, super chats are available. If you want to get off a question or just make a comment during the presentation, I'll make sure and read it and answer your question. <clears throat> also, leave your general questions in the chat. If I have time, I will try to find them and answer them the best that I can. This is the title of this presentation is Prosecutors. JP Morgan has been ripping off gold and silver markets for years. He put this out on Twitter, I believe yesterday, and it has really taken off. And it's not the first time that they've been accused of doing this, but certainly it's becoming much, much more common. And I think that's what's going to be interesting to see how the market reacts to this. And it seems already as if there's been a fire on this story, unlike any time in the past that JP Morgan's gotten in trouble for manipulating markets. Seems like there's a lot more awareness out there. And that's why it's trending over social media. We're going to get in the presentation. I'm just going to show you the story. So we will share screen on that. First came out at Kitco. There's another one up at Bloomberg. We'll share both of them for you. This is from Rajan Dahl, came out yesterday, Monday, July 11th. The title is JP Morgan Traders are in hot water for manipulating the gold market. Again, this is on Kitco. And they say jurors were told that JP Morgan has been ripping off the gold and silver markets for years. Lucy Jennings, a prosecutor with the Justice Department's fraud section said, the case is about a criminal conspiracy inside one of Wall Street's largest banks, adding to make more money for themselves, they decided to cheat. Notice how the Department of Justice prosecutor calls it a criminal conspiracy. Okay, this is someone from the government now saying that JPM, JP Morgan is in a conspiracy to rig the precious metals markets. Oh my goodness. <laughs> You know, when it gets reported in the news that they're being sued for this from the government, I, does that make it not a conspiracy anymore? Or is it still a conspiracy until proven? Three former J.P. Morgan employees are in the firing line, including veteran head of precious metals, Mike Nowak. I'm reading right here. Gold trader Greg Smith and Jeffrey Rufo, an executive director who specializes in hedge fund sales. They all charge with racketeering conspiracy as well as conspiring to commit price manipulation, wire fraud, commodities fraud, and spoofing from 2008 to 2016. The part that is really interesting here and is new is the fact that they have a guy from hedge fund sales. Would he be representing the opposite side of the short trade? Think about it for a minute. The trading desk, the bullion banks, the trading desk usually put in shorts. So he, they go short and then maybe with some of the client money, the hedge funds, the financial funds, they go long to offset that trade or to fill that trade. If JP Morgan was able to execute both sides of the same trade, that is not only spoofing, that is complete fabrication of the market. It would have to be met with the highest level of penalty one would think. I don't know if that's what that means, 
but that would be interesting if that is what it means. So going on, spoofing was banned by law in 2010. It involves vast orders that traders cancel before they can be executed in a bid to push prices in the direction they want to make their actual trades profitable. We know from the last time that JP Morgan was fined 920 million, I believe this is last year, for rigging the gold and the treasury markets, that they were very profitable in this and also that they mostly did it to the short side. It says Smith, a lead gold trader, was said to have executed 38,000 layering sequences over the years, or about 20 a day, prosecutors said. Layering is when you put in bids at multiple prices, one gets accepted, the rest get pulled back. So you're finding a lower market, essentially. And by putting the other bids in, you can get people to come down. So if you're much lower and you put in one a little bit higher, but it's still lower than the current price, you can get people to bid on that because we're looking at the spread of the market, essentially. That's that's what all the spoofing was. Uh, and as Kiko goes on to point out, this is not only the only high-profile case in recent times for JPM or for the banks. Two former precious metals traders, be it Bank of America's Merrill Lynch, were found guilty of spoofing by a jury in Chicago last year in 2020. Two Deutsche Bank AG traders were convicted in September 2019. JP Morgan admitted wrongdoing agreed pay more than 920 million to resolve US claims of market manipulation. So again, the Department of Justice is calling it a conspiracy. Here's another article at Bloomberg that goes into a bit more detail, not only on this one, but also on the use of RICO, Racketeer Influence and Corrupt Organizations Act for how uh, JP Morgan is being sued under RICO. And for, it goes into a lot of detail on the previous stuff as well, goes into detail on the spoofing crackdown from before, and some of the other trading stuff in a little bit more detail if you guys want to read that. It's an interesting story over there at Bloomberg. But the reason I put that up is it's just being reported by two different media outlets. And yes, they're being sued. Now, who knows what's going to happen? Maybe they'll settle. Maybe they won't get convicted of anything. But just the fact that they're constantly in the news for this same thing has got to make the rest of the market look askance at that. And it was funny in an email I had with two directors of the CME group last year, the ones, ones that run the uh, derivative markets, the commodities markets, including gold and silver here in the United States. When I contacted them, they swore up and down that there was no manipulation, there was no manipulative practices, um, and that the regulator did a great job. And it's interesting to see that right after that, the $920 million fine was handed down for JP Morgan, and now we have this one again. So it's just very interesting to see that there is a history of this. But about the same time that they came out, maybe a day or two before, and this is news I've been, I've been holding for you guys, we have a former gold guy talking about exactly how it's done and, and a clue as to how long it's been done. This has been done before the current iteration of commercial banks that we typically talk about, JP Morgan, Goldman Sachs, Bank of America, and Citigroup. This has to do with some previous entities. And this is from an article written by Peter Hambro. And Peter Hambro is, he worked in the gold business for more than 40 years, both as a trader for a company I'll tell you in a minute, and as an investor. He also co-founded and was chairman of Petro Pavlovsk until it was taken over by Russians. It was a mining company in Russia. And so he's been involved in gold and silver mining. He's been involved in the gold trading market with a bank. And I'm going to show you this article and we're going to talk about it. And he goes on to talk about whoever has the gold makes the rules. And he'll talk about how the banks push the price around in this article. And this is written by him here on Independence Day 2022. Now you have to note, writing something on Independence Day and having it appear on Independence Day 
is not a coincidence. I think Mr. Peter Hambro understands the role of gold and silver as money in our system and as the constitution. And that's why this article was printed on July 4th, our independence day, because there is a strong link between gold and independence and ownership and the free market of gold and ownership by citizens. I think Peter clearly understands that uh, as to the timing of when his article was released. And if you remember back to the uh, interview I just did with James Turk that came out Friday, we called that gold is liberty. James Turk also made the link between gold and liberty, which I find to be very interesting. Now, Peter goes on to talk about this chart that we were talking about as well from uh, one of the uh, addendum exhibits to the uh, quarterly office of the comptroller of the currencies report on uh, derivatives, not only precious metal derivatives, but the entire derivative market. We talked about this chart and how the reason why there's so, so many more gold derivatives showing in 2022 than in the past is because they were reclassified away from exchange rate or currency derivatives and put into the proper category. And it goes to show now how much the big four, four in this report, the OCC report, I watched last week's video, talks about it, Four banks not only control precious metal derivative, but the derivative market in general, and how the four ones are controlling the precious metals markets. He goes on to talk about it, but there's a couple of paragraphs here that I think are going to be extremely interesting. According to Peter Hambro, a trader with one of these banks, and I'll tell you what, which bank here in a minute as we go further in the article, but you have to listen to this. He says, the only way to achieve the cover, I'm sorry, let's go back up to the, to the this is going to give background information. Disinformation for many years has kept the lid on this tinder box. And since 2018, the financial stability desks at the world central banks have followed the Bank of International Settlements instruction to hide the perception of inflation by rigging the gold market. Did you understand what Peter just said? Of course, they cannot be seen to do this and they need cover. This is an astounding article. The only way to achieve the cover is by smashing the price of physical gold by the alchemical production of paper gold i.e. the derivatives, i.e. COMEX and London OTC, and ETFs like the SLB and GLD. With the help of the futures markets and the connivance of the alchemists, the bullion traders, yes, that includes me, I was deputy managing director of Makata and Goldsmith, managed to create an unshakable perception that ounces of gold credited to an account with a banker bullion dealer were the same as the real thing and much easier, old chap. You don't have to store insure. So this guy was a deputy managing director of Makata and Goldsmith, one of the, the biggest gold traders in the world years back, who was hired for the purpose to create an unshakable perception that ounces of gold credit to an account with a banker bullying dealer were the same as a real thing, but they weren't. Listen to what else he has to say. Once investors swallowed this stupefying pill, it was easy to sell them gold that simply did not exist. Of course, there were wary investors who found it hard to believe that the likes of Makata, Montague, Rothschild, and Sharps Pixley, Sharps Pixley were undoubted counterparties and wanted to be assured that the gold would be there when they called for it. Easy, we said. Don't bother to pay for it. Just give it an initial cash margin and agree to a variation margin and our paper promise is as good as gold. This was the simple derivative. And if you thought the price would go down, you could sell us gold you didn't have and margin the trade in the same way. And then along came a raft of options and other products in the derivative market for what, for that is what this chimera was called, started to spiral like a tornado. And I feel like the radio reporter who says, and ladies and gentlemen, you know the rest of the story. <laughs> you know what the derivatives complex looks like now. I thought that was very astounding. And if you want more information on him, uh, he worked at a firm of accountants 
He briefly worked at Hambro's Bank before he moved to Smith St. Aubin, a discount house where he became managing director in 73. From 85 to 90, he worked at Makata and Goldsmith, a bullion house where he became deputy managing director. And with Pavel Maslovsky, Hambro co-founded Peter Hambro Mining, now renamed Petro Pavlovsk, uh, in place since 1994, and he served as its chairman. The company is based in Mayfair, London. So that's who that gentleman is. A lot of credibility as a gold market trader coming out and blowing the whistle on how they did it in the olden days before Bear and before J.P. Morgan, who are apparently the manipulators now, at least according to the Department of the Justice, who has accused J.P. Morgan of ripping uh, off the gold and silver markets for years. And it certainly seems by the testimony in those articles that they are correct. And it certainly seems by the $920 million fine that J.P. Morgan paid for manipulating the treasury and the gold markets is also seems to point that they have a history of doing this. It's institutionalized or manipulating the gold markets. And maybe finally the lid will come off of this if enough pressure has been built. And I think we may be getting there because just trending from Twitter talking about this the last couple of days, our, the tweet that we posted about this, a simple one line, uh, uh, basically almost the same as his title, JP Morgan's been ripping off the gold and silver market for years what the jurors are being told and what the case is, we've certainly seen that tweet dwarf anything else we've ever tweeted. It's the most popular tweet. So I think it's officially caught fire and certainly not only on from our followers, because this thing's had hundreds of thousands of impressions. We're trending toward a million impressions and uh, our immediate network is not that big. So this is going wide. People are paying attention. If social media is any indicator on this story and uh, it certainly it's got a lot of legs and seems to go perfectly in line with what we've been saying the last two weeks with the derivative complex being run by four big banks, by the precious metals derivatives being dominated by the four big banks, one of those including JP Morgan, by JP Morgan's value at risk going up, according to the Office of the Comptroller of the Currencies report, indicating they have a lot more derivative exposure and risk, to now this next lawsuit alleging that JP Morgan was rigging the precious metals markets and how they were doing it along with some pretty stiff testimony, seems to indicate that more pressure is coming on the bullion banks for the manipulative practices. Now, will the Department of Justice be able to enable stiff uh, penalties for this, unlike what the CFTC has been able to do? How is that governed? I don't know, but it'd be interesting to see how this affects JP Morgan. Will it be more than 920 million this time? Will they be kicked off the markets? Will there have to be an auditing and transparency done? Will they report the actual truth? I don't know, but that really would is what would be and help more than anything if you're able to go back in the records, document some of these trades and how they did it, and look at the price and divulge this information in court and to the public. And that's what we really need. That's why we need this to go all the way through trial for discovery, for the trial to occur so we can get this information. So hopefully the Department of Justice stays on this one and doesn't settle out, but stays on it and publishes the documents, especially what's found in discovery. I think. That's what we need, enough of these headlines. We've seen the headline before. When it's on Kitco and Bloomberg, these are big headlines. And a $920 million fine made a big headline last year. And it was in the uh, Wall Street Journal, the New York Times. But now what we need is we need for one of these to go all the way for the evidence to come out for us to be able to see it. So we know for sure, because I know there's a lot of evidence that's been buried in some of these settlements and fines that we've never seen. And the damaging testimony from people participating in this collusionary multi-bank episode, because remember multiple banks have, have shown have been doing this and communicating back and forth, um, you know, 
multiple headlines that come out, but we need to see the evidence. We need somebody to go down for this. We need a, a big fine and we need a conviction and we need the evidence showing exactly how this is done. I think that's the only way that we that we see that corruption completely resolved in that market, uh, much like was what happened after Enron. And we started looking deeper into the financial statements through Sarbanes-Oxley and other regulation and new accounting practices, even though that's uh, even though it's gotten stricter, it's not strict enough, in my opinion, as a former auditor. All right, everybody, the poll is up. We're going to read the poll. The poll was, is JP Morgan guilty of fraud and crimes in the PM derivative markets? 67% of you say yes, of course they are, Robert, come on. 1% uh, say, no, I'm still skeptical of this. And 32% say yes, and by how many trillions? <laughs> and that's the big question I want to know. That's why I want the data to come out. How many trillions? How bad is this really? And is this news really particularly damaging at the same time that Peter Hambro, former uh, market deputy director in one of these, these firms, these bullion banks that used to manipulate the market has come out and written an article on Independence Day in the United States, July 4th, and basically said, yes, this is how we did it. And he also goes on to say, to make the bogus gold look even safer, the Bank of England was quietly willing to lend in London gold market members physical gold in the event that things got a bit tricky and our vaults were empty. When one of the members bust, the others clubbed together. And the Bank of England holding the ropes, the customers were bailed out, but I didn't get a bonus that year. So essentially, he talks about how they bailed out the market using London Gold. So all, so all of you, all, or all of the naysayers, not you guys, because you're smart, but all the naysayers who say there's no collusion between the US and, and London markets, this former trader who ran the market at one of these bullion banks for years as a deputy managing director is admitting that yes, they do collude between the London and the American markets, the UK and the American markets, and lend the gold to meet the needs. Now, does it surprise us when Daniel and I looked at the Perth Mint and they had lent out a lot of gold and silver to an entity in which their CEO went on Kitco and said, must have been an S&P counterparty, a big entity, very limited in, in the scope and size that you can be and be an S&P counterparty, who was bailed out with the Perth Mint's gold before they started getting that back. It seems as though a lot of the gold's been moving around to a lot of different places. We're unsure who owns it. And so that calls into question, if you've got your gold stored somewhere else, do you really own it? Is it yours? Is it being lent to someone? Is it used in some other transaction? Has it been melted down? How do you know? And it's a really interesting, really, really interesting question that we need to answer. Uh, how much now do you trust that your gold that you have stored somewhere is actually yours? And how much do we trust that the central bank gold that all of our central banks say that they hold is, is all there or that the treasury is involved in holding is all there? We don't really know. I wanted to take a moment and remind you guys to go to our website. I haven't said this in a long time, but we do have an email signup list. So I'm going to remind you guys, you know, we don't spam you with this, but we do send out a uh, digest type email every Monday, once a week. And when we have special broadcasts like this one, we'll send out a special email every once in a while, but we definitely don't spam you. But if you're interested in getting that for free, all you got to do is click on this, join our free newsletter button, go down to the bottom, put your name and email. They can be burner. They don't have to be your real ones, just ones in which you'll receive the newsletter so that you can read it. And that's totally fine. And, and we like to have that uh, ability to email you, uh, you know, our, our weekly digest information that we have to help you guys out. If you like the email route, if you're interested in getting precious metals at some of the lowest premiums available on the market, given that silver is the highest premium as a percentage of the spot price in history right now, we have an opportunity for you if you go to precious metals deals and click on the form for ARC Silver and click on access deals and fill out this form. 
uh, Ian will email and or text you back. It will come from this number and this email address. So you can whitelist those. You'll know who they are. And he will provide you the best deal he has. He's pretty much the best in the business in terms of low premium. And he'll bring you any deals that he can get from one of five wholesalers that he works with. A little commercial message there, but it does help the channel when you guys uh, do support us in that way. And uh, I think that you guys get the best deal you can get. So let's go and see if we have any super chats. We have activity. Thank you, Steve Ross Holmes, who just came in to the super chat and who asked the following question. Are we better off paying bigger premiums for one-tenth an ounce gold coins for their utility or to buy one ounce coins to get the most gold for our dollar than deal with utility when we need it? And what he means is smaller denominations. If something's really valuable, you want smaller denominations. It's easier if you have a tenth of an ounce coin to go pay for something with a tenth of an ounce if that tenth of an ounce has end up being worth like $10,000 now or whatever it could be worth or a thousand. You know, it's you don't want to be carrying around $1,000 worth of, of gold or 10,000 if you have a full ounce. So is it better to get the fractional ones? I would say fractional ones can be good. There's a premium to that, obviously. If you get a 10th ounce coin or a fourth ounce coin or even a half ounce coin, you're paying a higher percentage premium over spot because the coinage costs are the same, but you're only getting half the coin paying less. Premium percentage goes up. As long as you're okay with dealing with that, it's okay. If you feel as though gold's going to go up enough to cover any of that premium cost, you know, typically three to five to 7%, depending on the market timing and all that, do you believe it's going to go up at least 10%, I guess, then, then yeah, I mean, you would break even on that. Or if you're worried about gold being the only tradable uh, form of money at some point in time, yeah, it wouldn't matter what premium you pay now, but that's up to you and what scenario you envision. But I definitely think that smaller denominations have more utility. I also can make the recommendation of uh, having some silver for that purpose because silver may be worth a whole lot of money too. And in its normal one ounce denominations or 10 ounce bars, maybe it's quite a bit less than gold or even a 10th ounce gold and you can get that for smaller premiums. So I would think about that option as well. And uh, thank you for the question, Steve Ross. I appreciate the support as well. Thank you very much. Remember guys, Super Chats are open. That was a great one. I love that question because I love talking about fractional gold and silver because it is an option. And you know, it, it's something to think about. Do you pay the higher premium or do you use the two metals interchangeably or do you stick with one metal or do you get the 10th ounces? You know, it's a really interesting question and a lot of different ways to go. And you can do it a lot of different ways and, and be satisfied, I think. But just, you know, make a plan and stick with it and, um, you know, listen to other people's opinions and decide what works for you. You know, we have 227 people and I appreciate you guys. Um, Michael Lidecker has a, a comment, which I want to read, which is interesting. He says, Rob, it's sad to see how we've let this country go. We kicked God out of schools. Let a corrupt people in office. JP Morgan was allowed to do this because corrupt judges rule. And I would also argue toothless regulators who don't have power to do anything and who cover things up anyway, uh, like the CFTC, who was admitted to doing that in the silver market during silver squeeze in public. Uh, I, I think those along with that are also issues. Thank you for the comment, Michael. Appreciate it. I'm looking for other questions in here. Lots of people participating. Thank you, Julie Newhouse and Ralph Potts and Neil. Hans Dynasty for being here. Peter Fro, Peter Froine is writing Shotgun and doing Moderating Deuce. Thank you so much, Peter. We appreciate you being here. Um, Alex Irvin asks, what will be the result of negative health care credit being removed from the reporting agencies? Um, oh, if it's removed from the reporting agencies, it makes your credit score go up and makes more people be able to apply for more and more credit at better rates, which could be good, but it also may uh, push them to take more risk at a time in which the risk is hidden on the report because it's not being reported, I guess. 
So it could be a risk of diluting the value of overall credit scores compared to the past, not that, that we should or shouldn't do that, but it could, when you're comparing apples to oranges, the past to moving forward, it could uh, cause additional risk, reporting risk essentially, or data risk, I guess. Uh, that's my thought, good question. I don't really know though, I'm not an expert in that area. Thank you everybody for hitting like on the video and putting in your comments. Thank you so much, I think. Oh, uh, James Mayo says, Maneko covered this today also, so go over to Mario's channel, Mario Aneko, Maneko64. You will find him on YouTube, good channel, fully recommended, a good guy. Duder Scooter says, Rob needs to be on the financial media. Thank you so much, Duder Scooter. I appreciate that. Uh, Strongman Silver and Gold comes with a question. Rob, what do you think will be the bottom regarding Silver Comex prices? On the chart the technical area is like 18 to 19 bucks somewhere in there um somebody says 16 dollars could be another downside target it it de depends on how much selling pressure i mean right now we're sitting on i think 1893 silver according to to gold price when i charted the down it could all the way i mean you could go back to 11 like it was briefly i think during 2020 when that was it during the pandemic first hit oh my gosh let me go back and look at the chart but it got down to 11 bucks. It could go back down to 11. It's possible. I, it would not stay there for any length of time because supply destruction on the mines, the lack of current supply, uh, warehouses being emptied, the comics being emptied. It, it could not stay there for long. I think 18 to 19, somewhere in there is your downward target, 16. If we get really bad news and everybody's panicking for liquidity and they're selling their derivatives positions on the, on the comics, it could drag it lower. Depends on the news that we get. But I don't expect it to stay there. I mean, it's 18 to 20 bucks, depending on whose data you follow as to the cost to get it out of the ground. And we're in a supply deficit on a yearly basis right now anyway. So if that's the case, you, it can't stay down for long. So it would be like a V-shaped recovery, I would think, in the silver price. But I mean, who knows? If the people that have gone short really needs to dump their derivative positions. Uh, I, again, if you go back to the Office of Comptroller Report, I showed that chart last week where JP Morgan and Goldman their value at risk on their derivative positions went up, meaning they could lose a lot of money. Uh, maybe they're under increasing pressure and they're having to dump more positions. And that's why we're seeing the price fall. Because remember, yeah, it's the position you take in the derivatives where the price is falling. We know that JP Morgan's being sued again for manipulating that. So it wouldn't surprise me that they, that they wouldn't be dumping right now to get out of some risk and perhaps make money on the opposite side of the physical trade. Uh, perhaps with all of their physical stocks. So who knows? I mean, there's a lot of ways to look at that. Julie Newhouse with the contribution. Thank you, Miss Julie. I appreciate you very much. She says, Rob, have you heard about Saudis refining 400 ounce gold bars into fine Chinese coins for storage? I heard something about that. I had not had time, Julie, to research that and to double check it and kind of see who's reporting it and the details of it so that I could bring it to you. I appreciate you bringing the story. So I haven't, I haven't found anything additional on it. I did hear something about that and you know it wouldn't surprise me if people are taking bars off any of these markets and remelting them i mean i assume that that happens all the time um not only at the swiss refiners but at private refiners and it, it's being stored away whether it's be rich entrepreneurs family offices uh, the saudi princes um, wealthy individuals uh, central banks none of it would surprise me at all if a lot of what's being reported as available physical gold on a lot of these exchanges and ETFs is long gone, it's out the back door, whether to China, Russia, whoever, 
even to some wealthy families, you know, across the West are like, we're taking the gold, you know, we're going after the gold and we don't want you to know we have it. So we trade through this, you know, Comex account so you don't know because it doesn't print our names. I mean, I, it wouldn't surprise me at all. All right. Thank you for the contribution and the question, Julie. I appreciate it very much. We got 256 going strong. Guy Menard says, do you follow Wall Street Silver on Reddit and follow Ditch the Deep State? I do follow them on Reddit in general. We followed them, gosh, a year and a half ago. We were on their show, been on their show a couple of times over the last year and a half. So yeah, we do, definitely do know of them, have followed them, uh, have, have been you know on each other's shows for sure. Uh, I don't know how much I follow the Ditch the Deep State other than I probably read a bunch of his or her stuff. I just don't recognize the name. But yeah, I do follow that. Do you have a question regarding it? Because I know there's been some interesting stuff coming out from Ditch the Deep State. So if you have a question specifically, let me know, Guy, and I'll answer it. Uh, Jay says, what happens when Comex has no more physical silver? I think before we get to the point of no more physical silver, just a severe shortage in which somebody big starts to um, report delays and deliver on the Comex, I think it'll run. And I think it'll crash because I think at that point, people know, people know it's a paper market. And once they know there's not a lot of liquid silver on there anymore uh, that's going to crash a derivative markets and the price will spike that's what i've said will always is what's going to break it now now is it just going to be the comex collapsing and or the shanghai rising as an alternative market no i think all those things need to happen all of these things the movement of the markets over to the east and the middle east uh and into paris which has opened its gold trading desk again uh means that there are alternatives to the western market so the western market not only has to it can crack and then the other markets become stronger and all of a sudden you see a shift and you see that Western market collapse out of confidence. I think that's what's going to happen. I think it can collapse out of confidence before the last silver and gold is gone, in my, in my opinion, because I think the players are going to get word when they're being promised deliveries and they don't get delivered and they know what is said to be on the books is not correct. That's what I think. That's my opinion. A good question from you, Jay Lubliner. Appreciate it very much. Uh, Steve Ross Holmes says Alistair McLeod made the comment about the Saudis making their gold ready for China versus London. Oh, entirely, entirely possible because that's a big uh, delivery market over there in the Shanghai. Thank you for the comment. Uh, India started import export with rupees from today. That's interesting. That'll be another nail in the coffin of the dollar as a world reserve currency. <clears throat> all right. I think I've answered all the questions in the chat guys. And that was all I had to report on. This may be a little bit of a short Cowboy Metals Live. I want to remind you to stop by the website, sign up for our free email list, and go there if you want the best precious metals deal. Click on the form to go to Arc Silver and contact Ian. He'll do a good job for you. I've had nothing but positive reports from him, and he'll get you lower premium gold and silver than anybody else because he's cut out the middleman and he goes straight to the wholesalers, and he can do that. As a reminder, we do this 5:30 p.m. Central Time every Tuesday. This is your host, Rob Keats, Cowboy Metals Live, where we broadcast from the great state of Texas, and we take no bullshit. We tell you the truth. We tell you what's going on. This video is dedicated to everybody, including those luminaries in the gold industry, uh, posited and put forth as gold experts who deny manipulation. It's time to stop denying it. The government knows. The banks have admitted. The traders have admitted. There's not only a lot of smoke, there's fire now coming out from that. We know that the manipulation occurs. And you prominent gold people, in this market know who I'm talking about, you deniers. You've, you've said, I will not comment on that or I don't believe it's a, a conspiracy. What about the new news stories? And what about the attestation 
from someone who used to work from the big gold houses, Peter Hambro, who's also a miner, has a lot of experience in this industry. What about that? What about that admission? Are you still, as a prominent gold market analyst and well-known investor, are you still denying gold manipulation? There are three guys right off the top of my head I can think of. If I said their names right now, it'd be on everybody's shortlist for the top 10 influence, uh, influencing speakers in the gold space. And three of these guys continue to state that either they don't believe there's any manipulation or grand conspiracy, or there's no data or no evidence. You're wrong. It's piling up. You're wrong. When are you going to stop covering for the manipulation? Because you're not a credible analyst to me. I don't give a damn how big your name is unless you're telling the truth. And that's why you come to Gold's Over Pros, because we tell you the truth. We don't give you a line of bullshit like a lot of these other uh, fake gold experts that claim that they're really experts and they really know how this works. Alan Van Cleve, thank you for the contribution. In a comment, he says, I told my wife this morning, I look around and check my stuff and think, how did I wake up in this cartoon? That's exactly right. We haven't completely lost the rule of law right now, Alan Van Cleve, but it, it, it does sound like we're going further down in that hole that is known as Alice in Wonderland and it, where everything's upside down and doesn't make sense in this world. It just seems like we're hurling faster and faster to that. Hopefully, sense will prevail, cooler heads will prevail, and we'll stop before we get to that point. That is my hope. Thank you, Ralph Potts, for being here. Thank you, John Bethay, you guys, and Chuck, and David Langford, and Peter Froin, and Spike Tide Dead, Spike Tide Dead Crack, for being here every week and being part of my audience. I do appreciate it. We're going to end the poll. About 99% of you think JP Morgan is guilty of fraud and crimes. The other 1% say no. They're still skeptical. Not sure what other proof we would have to provide you but I respect your vote and your opinion, but we're going to continue to provide you more <laughs> as more evidence comes out. I have a feeling this is not going to be the last bit of evidence, but we'll see. Oh my goodness. This has been a good one. Thank you guys so much for showing up to the channel and supporting. I love you guys for it. Thank you for being the best audience in the pressure metal and the financial space. You guys are the best. Uh, yes, the 1% are drunk in that poll. Could be. Thank you guys so much. Until next time, this has been your host, Rob Keats with goldsilverpose.com, Cowboy Metal Livestream. <laughs>